Welcome back, guys, to the Business Beyond Boundaries podcast. My name is Samuel, the host of the podcast, and alongside me is Victor. Today on our episode, we'll learn more about what Victor is currently doing this summer and his role, while I'll be taking a back seat and asking more of the questions as I'm on full summer mode as school is my top priority. So, Victor, what's up? Dude, I think you're being too kind here, but uh, not honestly, uh, I guess just a brief update from what happened last time. Uh, now that school has ended, I am officially done my second year. Uh, now mm-hmm. I'm just working. Uh, and if you're curious about what I'm doing right now, I'm actually working at CIBC. And uh, like, I guess not to get too complex, you can call me a trader, or you can call me. You can you can you can say that I support the traders with certain data. Uh, I work on like fixed on the fixed income desk, so messing around with a lot of. Uh, out of bonds mainly like mainly provincials actually that's most of the bonds that i look at i also look at like the liquidity of bonds you know seeing which bonds are liquid or illiquid some of the other another category i mess around with is called global collateral finance or uh, and this is also another thing called ecmf which is enterprise collateral management framework these things are honestly i didn't know what they were going in so mm-hmm. i learned them on the spot but yeah, they're pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. It's pretty simple. Basically, what it is is pretend like pretend that I'm giving you, I uh, pretend that I'm lending you like twenty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And then because I'm lending you twenty dollars, you obviously have to give me something back that's like equal in value. Yeah. So let's say you give me like twenty dollars worth of McDonald's coupons, right? Mm-hmm. So that's basically just what global collateral finance is, like except you know instead of $20, we're talking about in the hundred millions, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, usually like companies would lend other companies a few hundred million, tens of million, anything like that. And in return, they get a basket of different securities. Like they could be uh, mortgage-backed securities, could be bonds, could be uh, asset-backed securities, any of those things. And that sort of, sort of like evens out the trade, you know? Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, those are like some of the things I've been working on. Um, uh, the hours, like if you're working about like how many hours they put in, it's pretty. It is like it's it's as expected because mm-hmm. I am working in capital markets, so I'm working around like twelve, eleven, twelve hours a day. Because and my hours are linked to traders, so there's like a, it's like I I can so I do get a few good days. Like some some days are shorter. So for example, on Friday, um, it was actually like a shorter trading period. So I think the markets closed at one, right? Since mm-hmm. markets closed at one, that basically meant that I was off at around one, just because yeah. um, I like if the traders aren't working, I'm not gonna work, right? Um, so that's like a bonus. But most of the time, yeah, I am working on uh, working like 12, 12 hours a day. Uh, sometimes maybe like I need to jump on a quick like call to prepare stuff for Monday, so like on the Sunday I sometimes call, but otherwise not too much work. But yeah, that's a. That's basically what I've been up to. Honestly, it's just a full like, like of course it's not nine to five, but you know I've didn't I've just on the grind. Mm-hmm. You know nothing much about it. Yeah, for sure. Like to a normal person, twelve hours seems like a lot, but it seem it's it's a pretty norm like normal day for like investment banking or capital markets, yeah. right? Yeah. That, like a lot yeah. of people don't realize that like, even going to university, I didn't know those were the expected hours until I learned more about the industry. 
So yeah, yeah. It's, it just seems like a norm to you, right? Yeah, honestly, like people would say, "Oh shoot, you're working so, like, oh you're working pretty long or whatever like that." To be honest, it's not it's not that long. I would say it's not that long because um, when you're like doing doing that type of work, time flies by pretty quickly. I would say, and since time flies by pretty quickly, I would find I find that I myself sometimes like struggle to find enough time to complete everything, just because there is like so like there's quite a few things to do. Uh, but I still like try to get off like not too late, just because um, like 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 I, I'm just intern and also like sometimes I logged in at like eight nine or even like ten just to like look at my notes one more time or something, mm-hmm. and then my my coworker slash like my boss basically he says, "Yo, he's like, well, why are you up, man?" And I'm like, "Oh, I was just looking at my notes and stuff like that." So mm-hmm. that's really know. good. I think yeah. um, as an intern, a lot mm-hmm. of people or a lot of the management part. Ex- don't expect us to make a big impact but mm-hmm. like for you like i i think what you're doing is like really good like you're taking initiative <laughs> to try and show like you're you actually you ca- you actually care about the job and you're actually yeah. trying to make an impact right yeah 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 i think yeah that's the thing about um i think that's what makes a good like boss basically is if they're mm-hmm. able to give you a lot of context behind what you're doing or like show you the impact of what you're doing because a lot of times when you're working in corporations that are so big, like, you know, how I'm working at CIBC, like, it's hard to see the long-term or even any significant value from, like, your work, right? Because mm-hmm. some of the things I could be doing is just literally changing changing the font size of a PowerPoint or highlighting mm-hmm. PowerPoint or yeah. changing a few numbers in Excel, right? But then I think, so obviously it's hard for you to understand, like, the value, but what my boss does really well is he says, like, yo, he always explains the context and I'm pretty grateful for this because not everyone does it is that he explains uh, the concept, the context behind the numbers. He explains like why we need it, like who's it going to and how's it going to affect the company. So I think like that's something that like leaders or bosses or managers or anyone in that sort of role should definitely adopt. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like even like you, you take on like that role. Cause like even as a student, you, you try to look for like younger students or like, students who's trying to learn and you always take on that role to like teach or trying to f- explain fully to like the highest extent so like when yeah you said that like everyone of like the initiative you take but yeah um, oh yeah go ahead oh no no i was just saying like um yeah i think it, it goes it i guess it goes pretty it goes pretty uh it goes pretty uh, far down the line i guess Mm-hmm. because of the like you like the whole point is like we want to like create or drive it as much value as you want right yeah so because of that you want to like you want to really understand what you're doing and then if you understand what you're doing it's also easier for you to help others too because um uh, like actually fun fact some uh a person actually reached out to me on linkedin and wanted to like network with me so it's like my first time or like actually it's my second time like networking with someone so i think it's really cool where like they reach out to me and want my guidance on stuff so mm-hmm. i think it's really cool and like i'm pretty grateful that they're reaching out so you know if you understand what you're doing you can also help other people with what they're doing right because for example yo if if someone if you're like let's say you're an investment banker and someone asks yo i really want to you know receive some advice or guidance on investment banking career and stuff like that right but like mm-hmm. if you don't really know what you're doing or if you don't really know what what value you're providing to the company as a as an investment banker, then it's gonna be really hard for you to sort of um advertise that investment making role to other people. Yeah. Or 
it's just going to be really hard for you to help others because they're going to ask you a lot of like some people ask pretty good questions right so those mm-hmm. th- in those questions to answer those questions you got to be like passionate about it or else like you're probably not going to be able to answer them mm-hmm. i agree well said so just like transitioning over to like your work environment why don't you talk about like the online or remote environment oh um, yeah talk about yeah. like what what you like the most or what you like the least about like working remotely yeah yeah honestly like working remotely and like, honestly you pr- you probably could ag- agree more or less with um what i say but uh with with working remotely first of all uh big shout out to like cibc they gave me a really nice setup like they gave me a desktop two monitors all that stuff right mm-hmm. so like uh, too bad i can't show anyone because it's a podcast but yeah if I, if I could if i could like it's a pretty nice setup um i look i look like one of those those traders on a on Wolf of Wall Street, you know, what can I say? But no, for, for real though, <laughs> like for real, work from home, it's nice because I don't need to, like I, I could just wear like a t-shirt or a hoodie or something and then go to work, you know, in my sweatpants or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then I could, and then you could basically wake up, turn on your, turn on the computer and do a little like preliminary task and you don't need to like, you don't need to rush because you're right there, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like it, I feel like there's more freedom, definitely, because you could just say like, "Oh, uh, I'm getting lunch. You go get lunch, come back." You know, it's you're not really traveling anywhere. It's not like you don't you're not you're not racing against time because you're in your house anyways, right? Yeah. So you're not really like trying to get somewhere because, like, let's say if you if you were in office and you went out to get lunch and you have like something at one, but you went out at twelve thirty, you definitely need to like you like you need to you you, you need to you need to rush, right? So that's something really nice that, you know, it's, it's really comfortable at home and you can always like take a break here and there five minutes and just walk around your room, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the, the part that's like the, like the part that I don't like about working from home is just, it's a lot, lot harder for me to sort of like talk to people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, honestly, like that work environment would be nice to experience where like you're literally on the desk with everyone else. But you know, and I realized, like, I do reach out to people and, like, you know, like, just chat with them, like, not even talk about, like, work stuff, just talk about, like, life, you know, like, hey, how's it going and all that stuff, right? But, mm-hmm. and I realized that would have been so much more fun if you talk to them in person and you imagine, like, you were actually at the building talking about that stuff. But now it's, like, now it's, like, um, now, 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 like it's harder because you just like message them on Microsoft Teams or something, and it's like a, yeah, it's it's not as interactive, I guess you could say. So that's like the only thing I would change is like, if only if only everything was in person, uh, mm-hmm. was like I could just talk to more people. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Like I feel like the common theme or like how people think about online, it's overall mostly people think they're overall more productive, but like yeah, just the just the experience of like grabbing lunch or grabbing cup of coffee with other employees just like you can't do that anymore right so yeah 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 just the experience but yeah yeah and interesting I, yeah and i guess like setting up meetings with people is easier at home because like now since you're like just clicking a few buttons and joining a call you could schedule things like back to back so like 5 30 to 6 and then 6 to 6 30 6 30 like you could do that right but then in real life mm-hmm. like you have to give room for traveling so or commuting from place to place i'm assuming so you could so like you would say like five thirty six, and then six thirty, six thirty seven is like the next one, right? 
because you have to mm-hmm. give yourself commuting time. But yeah, like other than that, that's sort of like my opinion on working from home. Interesting. And so when you were talking more about like um, your role and what you do, do you think um, school, the stuff we learn at Laurier or like the <laughs> courses you've taken, um, do you think are very transferable to like uh, what you're doing? Or do you think you've been learning a lot more um, during your first few weeks on the job? Because I know like sales and trading, it's a lot of technical skills too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you don't know how to use Excel, you're probably at an extremely big disadvantage because um, like, like, like they don't expect you to be a ninja or something at Excel and like be able to use full out Excel without a mouse, but they definitely expect you to have some sort of like, like they, they like at least know how to filter the columns or like make a pivot table or organize a pivot table or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't expect you to be able to like build out a, build out a model or build out a n- entire spreadsheet just like with your keyboard or anything. But I would say if you're talking about like how university applies to work, um, I don't want to like discredit university because it's pretty important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the degree, <laughs> I guess the degree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty important, but I would definitely say that the stuff I learned so far in university, not really too useful. Um, finance, like there's a f- finance, like a general finance course that gives a little bit of context because you do learn about things like, options bonds what they are so like that does have some sort of useful information mm-hmm. but but i'll give you this like for that course that course right one course takes around four months to learn because that's like the that the curriculum is planned off for that timeline right yeah it's been only it's been less than a month on the job and i probably could have already learned what the course taught in this amount of time just because you have more freedom in what you're learning that's one thing. Second of all, you're more you're more exposed because I realize in school, the way they expose you to learning material and the way they expose you to, like um, I guess because like quote unquote like tests or things like or adversity, it's not very ideal because it's like a test question, right? They're not actually letting they're not actually exposed. You're just reading something and then you're supposed to be tested on it, but you're not really exposed to a real life situation where you incorporate what you learn. So, I would say that not a lot of things in university did apply to what I'm doing on the job, but the grades that I got definitely contributed because, you know, people like people really care about grades as a preliminary assessment of, I guess, like how, how competent you are at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Since, since like, since like, because, you know, like student is essentially an occupation before your job. Like you would say your occupation is a student, right? So that's essentially your job if you were not actually working, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also I would definitely say, like, I guess this is a tip for like students in general and like note to us as well is we can, I definitely would say you learn more from reading the news. You learn more and you can apply more of the knowledge from reading the news than you can from school. Like if, like a person who reads, who is constantly updated with the news and reads the news probably has an advantage than a student who is a extremely like, rigorous uh like a rigorous or studious student mm. because because the news is like realistic information right and mm-hmm. maybe you might not understand what's everything what, what's going on in the news like what what they're talking about sometimes but all you have to do is just click a few investopedia links in my opinion and then you, you can understand pretty quickly so that that's like a big thing right that's that's a big thing 
Yeah. Um. Otherwise, yeah. I like yeah. University didn't really, didn't really like the knowledge, the things I learned didn't really contribute to what I'm doing now. But I think still learned a few lessons overall. Mm-hmm. But as a as a trader, like I don't. Is there like certain techniques or? Like, like, is there any strategies? Required? Yeah, strategies. strategies. Yeah, that's the word. Good word. <laughs> Strategy? Yeah, any uh, techniques or strategies you, you had to learn on the job or, like... Um... Like, you sort of... For me, because I'm looking... I'm Like, for me, a lot of times I'm just looking at, like, rows and rows and rows of, like, data. Because that's what, like, traders need to execute on, right? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a straight-up trader. Don't get me wrong. I, I just see. like I, I provide like data for the traders, but like my line of business is still like somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Um, so what? So like strategies that help me, or like things that help me, like you sort of, you sort of learn how to how to look at data and like how to find things or automate things more efficiently. Because a lot of times when you're given so much, so many like numbers or statistics and things like that, it's really hard to, it's really hard to digest it all at once. So you always, so you always want to like find a way to efficiently like digest as many, as much important information as you can. Mm-hmm. So I guess, mm-hmm. I guess it's just like thinking or learning more, more efficiently, I guess that's, that's one thing. Honestly, like okay. I've only been here for like less than a month, so might have to. I have to leave this one for a bit later down the road. Okay, for sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just because, like, it's been, like, you've been working there for less than a month. How has your, like, changed from, like, initially, like, not as a trader, but, like, um, just hearing people's experience or hearing the typical assumptions about a trader to, like, um, your current, your current opinions as, like, as a trader working currently? So, like, just basically talk about, like, how has your impression changed? Yeah, I think my impression, well, when you think about trader, like, most people just think of Wolf of Wall Street because they probably have the most popular movie on what a trader does. My favorite um, if movie. You, <laughs> or if you movie. watch, like, Big Short or something like that. Another like, good those, movie. Th- those guys are, like, like, those, like, more, like, like, the Big Short, I would say, like the things that they're dealing with in Big Short is probably like a little bit more relatable to what I'm doing because, like, I'm dealing with like um on, on things on the debt side, and oh. in Big Short they're doing like mortgage-backed securities and things like that, right? So, um, so it's relatable. Like, it's not completely relatable, but I do see like a few like mortgage-backed securities here or there on the, uh, like across the data across the sheets. But yeah, my impression. Honestly, like, I, if I was in the office, I would definitely be able to see a lot more traders and what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's hard for me now to, like, see what they're doing because, well, well you know, they don't really exist unless I talk to them, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they're online on the, other side of, on the other side of the screen. But I think for me, it's definitely, it's not, like, super different from what I expected it to be. Okay. Um, you know, like hours are expected, work is as, as expected, mm-hmm. um, daily tasks, everything like that is expected. Uh, you know, like reporting, like trading volumes, uh, assessing like how competitive you are, how competitive the trading team is, yeah, or stuff like that. I think it's pretty, pretty, like pretty standard, I guess. 
um yeah no real like no real surprises um either either i was just really prepared for like any sort of work or or yeah just no real surprises it, don't get me wrong though it's like it's really fun stuff but mm-hmm. i wasn't like surprised at anything i did but i did like come across some stuff that i like i would definitely say i ask a lot of questions just because some stuff i didn't really know and yeah this is like another tip to like us and whoever else is listening to this is like um there's this is a quote basically it's like there are never any there's never a stupid question only stupid silence so this is sort of the same as like just this is one quote it's like um um yeah yeah um it's like a what is it like a a a wise person never a wise person ask the, the the wise ask a question because like they stay oblivious they they they're, they're like temporarily oblivious right but the fools stay but the fools stay fools because they're eternally oblivious since they're never brave enough to ask a question i guess okay it's, mm-hmm. it's def- i could definitely like there's definitely a better wording for that yeah. but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure at the moment but yeah so you know always ask questions even if you think it's like some of the most stupid questions just ask them uh nobody's gonna nobody's gonna judge you because they were always in your shoes that's one thing second thing is just like if they if you ever get criticized for asking a question like people are like yo why does this guy ask so many questions why is this guy so stupid or something like that like Mm -hmm. dude you you, like obviously uh, you're making the effort to not be that like the stupid person that they call you that they so call you right because you're asking the question to learn more so I don't. I think when you, as like, I guess we grow older, or, or if we become more mature or something like that, or more brave, like people start to recognize that, like when you ask questions, it's really nice. Um, there is never a stupid question, but obviously there's a fine line between like a really obvious question, like for example, like imagine you're going to go trade and you ask them, like your first question coming in, it's like, so uh, just wondering, like what is a bond? Like, <laughs> like uh, obviously, yeah. they're never. Obviously, they're gonna be a little bit um you know it raises some eyebrows of course but it's it's not a good look but um but like always you should always like ha like ask some pretty good questions some of the questions can be simpler too like you just ask hey like what what is uh like what does this uh, abbreviation mean what does this acronym mean or something because be- beginning like global collateral finance is gcf right i didn't know what gcf was so i was asking like yo what is gcf or um if you're looking at a spreadsheet and you don't know where the numbers are coming from or like looking at the formula and stuff like that, you're like, you ask, like you ask for clarification. Like, can you tell, please like explain this formula to me? Like, you know, that, that sort of stuff is okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like big things, like just ask questions. I think this is a great time to wrap this episode up. We can have this episode nice, short, short and sweet since it has been less than four weeks of you being a trader. We can hold up with more of those harder questions and wait for future episodes for you to tell more interesting stories or piece of advice that you like. Why don't we end this episode by telling the listeners one thing you've learned so far and one piece of advice you would have for anyone interested in becoming a trader at a big five bank. Yeah, so one thing I learned was... um, One thing I learned is a quote from my boss and it's like my manager, my boss. um, They say... Let your fingers teach your brain. And what that means is like, try to, that that's sort of like, that's something I learned is that like, you just, 
sometimes you just have to like throw yourself in the deep end and submerge yourself with all this information that's new and that's like the best way to learn Mm -hmm. so so that's like i guess you can say that's something i learned because it's a new way to it's a it's a new way to to think about things right a tip um i I gave like a few tips early in this podcast but i guess a, a really good tip is um there's 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 three pillars to like becoming successful in like this sort of area of business like capital markets i guess and it's your there's three pillars grades network and experience um a tip to students is like given these three pillars try to maximize two of them and those and if you are if you have two like if you have two strong pillars they will compensate for the one that's not as strong obviously you want to be pretty well rounded but definitely try to get two of them like really strong so you can so so when people like see that then obviously it will do you wonders so those are my mm-hmm. two tips of advice so yeah nice nice i, I like i like that tip but, um <laughs> and i i'd 100 percent like agree with it yeah. and back that up 100 percent. yeah but yeah thank you victor for like sharing your experience <laughs> and like just giving like a handful of tips yeah yeah the podcast no yeah yeah for sure yeah i think um yeah, it was nice. It was nice, like, honestly, like, uh, catch you up and everything. So, yeah, but next time, next time, you got to jump in the conversation a bit more, too, eh? Mm-hmm, so, yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I think that concludes it. Um, you know, this is the Business Beyond Boundaries podcast. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll see everyone soon. Bye-bye. All right, cheers. Bye.